0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner. She has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I feel like we took two weeks off and the in- world imploded. So, like, we lost Barbara Walters. Yep. Uh, we lost a bunch um, of people this week. We almost lost Jeremy the, Renner. We lost the oh, old yeah, the pope, pope. The old pope. Yep. The OG pope. And yep. then Jeremy Renner got run over by his own snowplow.
1: Yep. It was a weird week, for sure.
0: Yeah, the best news happened yesterday. No one else cares about this except for me. Oh God, yeah. what
1: is it this time?
0: We got the official breakup article of Louie and his fake girlfriend Eleanor. <laughs> Who's
2: Louie?
1: Oh,
3: yay. Louis from, from, the-
0: one guy.
1: from
3: One
0: Direction, guys. From One Direction, exactly. They- yes.
3: Megan and all they the fans start. are certain that they're gay for each other, yes. and they that they just fake have date they women. Broken up? I mean, oh. the whole
2: band.
0: They no, are. they're on hiatus. For like th- five years uh, They broke up Yeah basically <laughs> Thank you Pat They're, They did Um, the, the they Now it's like an ongoing joke They'll be like we're on an 18 month hiatus I'm like damn this is a long 18 months y'all <laughs> Yeah I suppose have uh, yes, got other
1: stuff to do I also yeah. should sort of address the elephant in the room I, I didn't tell anyone Really Except for you guys You guys knew obviously because we were there when I, we recorded our last two episodes But I didn't tell anybody, I didn't talk about it on social media, I didn't tell anybody that I had gone to Wyoming at Christmas time, because my sister didn't tell anybody that she had cancer, Mm. because she didn't, no, she, well, there were a few people in town that knew and stuff, so I was like in stealth mode the whole time I was there, you know, I was like, I didn't call any of my friends, I didn't talk to anybody, you know, because, well, for one thing, I didn't really have time to hang out anyway because I was busy my sister was diagnosed with colon cancer I went with her to her surgery in Billings Montana everything went really well and her pathology came back good so
2: yay Yay! you said she doesn't have to do any chemo or radiation
1: no No. wow when you said
2: they were going in so much earlier than they thought they were I thought that's either really good news because they think it's small enough they can get it out or yep. it's really bad because they, they're they like, oh, shit, we got to go in now. Yeah, it was so the, go- it was was the, the good one.
1: one. Yeah, it was the good yeah. one. So everything good. worked out really well. I basically did my job, my radio job from up there. So that was really cool. And people didn't realize I was gone. <laughs> so it was kind of weird because I'm like, oh, my God, it was so cold. And they're like, well, yeah, but... <laughs> It was it was <laughs> 40 below the night she had her surgery in Billings
0: Jesus
1: yeah and Pat I got to see Pat
0: yes I stopped
1: <laughs> I stopped on my way home and had breakfast at Danny's with with Pat and Ron. but I didn't see anybody else I just hung with my sister the whole time and I was there for you been a, there a long time I was there you for were there a week no I was there for more than a week like two or three because I was there the 13th through the 26th. Your 14th through the 26th. Because I had to leave and haul ass up there. Ah. And then I got snowed in in Cheyenne on the way up. And because I had to get there by Friday morning so I could do that interview that I had. And then, of course, we had to do the podcast on Saturday. So I had to get there and set all my shit up so that I could do my job and stuff. So it was kind of bizarre. But
2: the last four hours taking Christmas down, specifically taking the Christmas tree down. I took all the peripheral stuff a couple of days ago. And the only thing that made it bearable was that my copy, my audio book copy had come in at the library of lessons in chemistry. And I am enjoying the hell out of that book. Really? <laughs>
1: I love yeah. that book. See, I'm kind of looking at that going,
2: maybe I should have read that book.
1: I mean, there's, there's really not
3: like a lot of romance in it.
2: There's a there's a relationship, but there's it's a not relationship, a but they role. are it's so not, it's not all the it's it's such an atypical couple, and and the the writers the voice the narrative voice is is just delightful. Well, I, I think, think my favorite character might be six thirty.
3: Relationship is not at all sappy or anything. It's more like of a a matter of fact relationship kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Like they're
3: just they're two scientists, and they're oh. just not. Lovey-dovey
1: kind of people. So my kind of people then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've been having major FOMO about that particular book, so maybe I will pick it up.
0: (laughs) Um, Um, Do we need to say hi to our book girl, Morgan?
1: Oh my gosh, yes, we do. Morgan, man, during that early cold snap in Texas, she had something happen to her pool The
0: Like the chlorinator or the the pump, pump.
1: Yeah. yeah. And she went out to check on it, and it basically sprayed scalding hot water into her face and burnt the shit out of her. Mm, so Morgan, she, we're thinking yeah. of that. yeah, Morgan, girl, you got cool. some healing ahead of you, and hopefully, you have some good books in your future because we are sending out our best thoughts and intentions toward you and your family.
0: Yes. Oh, I can't. We oh. had we always were worried about the chlorinator at my at the house in Tennessee uh-huh. cuz it can do the same thing with that chlorine if yeah. it like splashes up in your face. Yep. So when he first told us I was like, "Oh my god, chlorine burned. And I was like, "Oh, even hot water would be like boiling water would be tray bad." Well, but- that's yeah. the
2: impression it's I got. Su- I think he said it was superheated water and steam, I think. Yeah, yes. yeah steam yeah. is
0: well really yes. really. Yeah. Her bad. husband yeah.
1: actually posted on her page, which is the reason we saw it. Because obviously, when something like that really traumatic happens, you don't think to tell your Facebook friends about it. But her husband was really good. He's a pilot and he was able to stay at home with her and care for her. And so, kudos to him, too.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: We're thinking of you, Morgan.
0: Yes, we are. We are.
1: I haven't taken my Christmas shit down yet. I was supposed to today. (laughs) I was supposed (laughs) to. That was the idea.
0: And, you even uh, wore your Christmas jumper to encourage it, and you still didn't take it down. <laughs> no,
1: that isn't why I wear this. I wear this all winter because oh, it's that's just, just the winter. perfect width. You know, it's, it's yeah. thin <clears throat> enough that I can wear it in the house without getting too hot, and it's just the perfect weight. It's the ugliest thing ever. It's got Christmas llamas all over it. I love it. But- it is so comfortable. I'll prob- You'll see me wearing this a lot because this room is cold back here. So.
0: That room is just whatever it is outside. In yep. the summer, we melt. And in the winter, we're cold yep. when we're at Martha's. That's exactly
1: what's happening today. Oh, and the other thing I probably should mention, even though I'm really regretting saying I was going to do this already, I thought it would be cool you know, to have a really uh, good goal. You, you know what I'm going to talk about, don't you? Oh, the
0: walking to mortar. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Uh, well, how are we on walking to mortar? We're
1: not doing too hot
0: at the moment. I'm oh, not. No. I,
1: I haven't talked to the, God, how far is that? It's 1,776 oh. miles.
2: Yeah. I would say it's long. It's like walking to the South Pole, only it's not 75 below zero. So there is that.
1: Well, you know, when it's 35 degrees outside with a wind chill, I'm like, "Fuck that noise!" I'm not going outside and go walking. But I did buy a uh, fitness tracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that.
0: That's like that's five miles a day.
1: That's I know. a lot. It's four, four and a little bit per day. Yeah,
0: like 4. 34. 8. It's
1: 34. Oh, miles like every a- single day. It's,
0: yeah, I divided it by 365. Yeah. It's oh it's, my god. It's
1: 34 miles a week. I, honestly, I, I think I bit off way more than I can chew. But Taylor what? Seidel, who is a book girl, uh, chimed in on the squad and said, I'll walk with you. And I checked in with her the other day. And I'm like, man, I only got 4,000 steps. She's like, i got 8,400. And I'm like, fuck. She's a teacher. So I don't know. I was going to say, Maybe she's she... a teacher. You get a lot. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a slug, you guys. I just do not. <laughs> do any so I've been marching a lot you know I've been I've been walking in place a lot because I don't have a treadmill and I'm a pussy so I don't like going outside
2: a big chunk of time every day it's gonna be like an hour and a half worth of walking every day more than that and I used to do five miles a
3: day just five days a week and it would be two hours yeah like yeah and I
2: walked I, I mean I thought I walked kind of fast well, I mean, I, it'd be a great chance to listen to your audiobooks, but well, that's, that's exactly, exactly it. I I, yes. done I spend
1: a lot of time doing nothing. So there's really no excuse why I can't do it. So that's kind of why I initially was like, okay, I'm going to do Ooh, this. You know
3: what you should get? And what? they're not very expensive. They're these little, like they're for desk workers. And it's like a little pedal thing. Like, oh, yeah. That you, That you put under your desk. And I think maybe they're like 40, 50 bucks. Really? And you just keep pedaling during the day. Yeah.
1: Maybe I could do that. That'd be kind of cool. Because, you know, it'd have the happy side effect of actually getting a little healthier, (laughs) which would be nice.
0: Yeah. But I figured what a
1: great way to have a goal would be to choose something book related that I could do that it, that could be a goal and then have friends come with me.
0: So do you I saw, have there's,
2: a ring that you have to throw away when you finally <laughs> kind of get to the end of your goal. Otherwise I, why go to mortar? I've got one. I've got a ring I can <laughs> throw away at the end.
1: Doesn't really look anything like the one ring, but you know,
0: we we can I saw we can make virtual- it work. I saw a virtual thing. It is. It's it.
1: expensive, though. Fuck those oh, guys. Oh, did you I'm where you get
0: all the the virtual medals? Yeah,
1: well, they give you an actual medal that's, like,
0: supposedly. Yeah. Well, I'm yes, like, yeah, like need, my Harry Potter
1: one. Yeah, I don't need that bullshit. I'm, yes, I'm doing do. it on my own.
3: I used to do a Sesame Street one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> that Potter noise. Ones. I'm not paying somebody uh-huh. to guilt me. I've done that a thousand times by paying a fucking gym membership I never went to. I'm not doing it again. I'm going to. I'm going to be a loser on my own terms. (laughs) I love those virtual medals. But if anybody wants to come to Mordor with Taylor Taylor and I, chime in on the squad and we'll all keep each other accountable-ish. It
0: just sounds like you said cannibal instead of (laughs) accountable-ish.
1: Me- we'll all eat each other. Meaning, meaning, um, I'm gonna suck at this, so it's probably gonna take me two years to get to Mordor instead of one. Cause I figure if I did 365 yeah, days bad. a year, you know, that's 10,000 steps a day, and I just don't see myself actually
0: doing it. I'm about to calculate mine up. I'm like, where's it? Cause I have my.
1: And it wouldn't have to be Mordor. You could, you could do it to any destination that has a quest in it you could figure out how approximately and... there you go yeah. <laughs> so so you gotta think yeah i have a nerd that's made the effort to figure out how far it is to these different fictional places and then by the way thanks to whoever calculated the miles that uh the God. fellowship took and 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 you can even figure out based on miles how far it is to the different places like like how long is it going to take me to get to Bree probably a while that's probably <laughs> the pr- like
3: little tiny hobbits the, like the, how long did it take them
1: the prancing pony is probably my first stop <laughs> my first real stop you know where I get to sleep in a bed
0: I'm at 19.4 miles for the year
1: Wow. It is not
3: very long in the year. Dude, today's like the seventh.
0: Yep. Well,
1: see, I, I downloaded a pedometer for the first few days, and then my dumb ass deleted it when I got my new thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I was averaging about 5,000 steps a day at that
0: point. Uh- Because now you can have the Apple fitness without having the watch. So like when my phone's in my pocket and stuff, it tracks like. Yeah,
1: but you know what? When your phone's in your, see, that's what I was doing before. I downloaded one of those pedometers for the phone. But the problem is, is I was losing all kinds of steps because I'm always wandering off without my phone. So I was like, fuck that. Uh So I bought an Amazon. It was cheaper than some of the other ones, but. That's cool. And it tracks your heartbeat and your sleep and all that kind of stuff, too. So this New Year thing, everybody's really excited about it and moving forward when when we get to when we have the New Year bug. And then after a while, it goes all goes down the fucking tubes, which is why I was hoping, you know, to tie it to something to keep me moving.
0: That's a good idea. I like it.
1: But in the meantime, why don't we do a little switch over and have book talk now?
0: Yay, books. I'm happy-ish book.
1: Ish. (laughs) (laughs) Megan can go first today.
0: I took notes on my book because I was so enthralled with it that I was like, I don't want to forget things. So I had to take notes. (laughs) And now my Goodreads is being biatch. So my book for this week is Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard by Tom Felton, aka Draco Malfoy. For those who are like, who is that kid? That's the blonde one from the Harry Potter books, movies, books, whatever. Um, So this is his memoir, and it walks you through his whole life up to this point. Um, It starts with a foreword by Emma Watson. And if you follow anything with Tom Felton and Harry Potter, the fandom universe uh, has decided that Tom and Emma need to date and be married and happy together already. And they both are like, no, we're like literally soulmates, but we're just best friends. So the fact that Emma wrote the foreword of this book, I was like, this is the best (laughs) that Emma wrote the foreword. So it starts off, it talks about him being in The Borrowers when he was little and that acting was never kind of intentionally his plan. He just kind of kept turning up to things. Um, He has three older brothers. He's the baby of the brothers. And his older brother did theater and all kinds of different stuff. And he did some plays when he was a kid at like a Mother's Day Out type thing. And his teachers were like, yeah, he's pretty good. You should like keep letting him do this or keep doing this. So they got an agent in London and he would just turn up to auditions. Never really super prepared. He would just show up and be like, hi, (laughs) I am me and I'm whatever. If you like me, great. If you don't, I don't care. And so he did The Borrowers, which of course had Mr. Weasley in it, so he already knew him when he got to Harry Potter. And he really worked with a lot of British kind of royalty of movies, even before Harry Potter. Harry Potter, that was hard to say. Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And he just always took it in stride. And like in The Borrowers, he got to do his own stunts. So he was super excited. He got to like jump on a mattress or something. And it was just cute. And he talks about going back and being kind of normal at school. And he really went to the Harry Potter audition having never read the books had no idea who draco was didn't understand like that this was such a big deal and he goes i really think he said that's what he think helped him get the role and he met emma watson at the audition and was kind of a jerk to her because he'd already been on movie sets and like you know he's 10 and acts like he's like 50 year old actor cuz they had like the boom mics and emma's like what's that? And he was like, it's a microphone. Duh. Like just kind of a jerk to like little nine-year-old Emma Watson (laughs) or eight year however old she was. And he was like, I really feel like I channeled Draco so well. And that is why I, um, I kept getting called back because I was just an arrogant little kid. And that's exactly kind of Draco's vibe. And he talked about, you know, that They'd all be eating lunch and like it was not a big deal that Alan Rickman would be in full Snape garb, like going through the cafeteria line. And it was just very normal and that they didn't think of the fact that they were working with like Maggie Smith and like all of these huge actors to them. They're just, you know, the people that they work with. And he had some really funny stories (laughs) and he said he used to overcompensate for being Draco, like when kids would come to the set because he wanted them to realize like, he's not Draco, like he's not an asshole. And they were still like, no, you're Draco, you're mean, (laughs) Like, and would go the other way, but they'd come see Snape and like, love it because Alan Rickman would stay in character and be Snape and the kids like loved and feared it. And so he said, Alan used to have like the most fun. Some of the ones I wrote down that I thought were really kind of telling of the actors in his time at harry potter um so michael gambin who played the second dumbledore he was like the big scene this is spoiler alerts if you haven't read or watched harry potter that's on you um when draco you know is supposed to kill dumbledore and tom had his lines he's like I <laughs> he just made a face he had his lines like all memorized he's like ready because it was like his moment right and when they went to film it he just kept like fucking it up just endlessly. And so Michael Gambon was like, hey, let's go get some fresh air, which was their code for we're all going to go out back and smoke. And so they all went out and smoked and he was like, I'm so sorry, I keep messing it up. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And Michael Gambon looked at him and said, he goes, do you know how much they pay me a day to be here? He was like, keep fucking it up, kid. I'll have a Ferrari next week. (laughs) And I was like, that's the best. And so, of course, then like he went in and nailed it and it was great. It was fun to see kind of the lighter side of the adult actors because some of them you anticipate being like big kids like the guy that played Arthur Weasley and a lot of them were just really good at being big kids but I feel like the more stoic ones you got he told really funny stories like he stepped on the back of Alan Rickman's cloak once and like yanked him back (laughs) and he was like oh my god I'm gonna die like he's going to kill me. But then also, like, Alan really respected Tom and them because they all had little, like, director's chairs when they were kids. And as they got bigger, the chairs were too small. And, like, Alan Rickman got real pissed because no one had gotten Tom, like, a proper size chair. And he, like, wouldn't go on with the day until someone got Tom a new chair. So it was interesting to see that, like, yes, they were all kids, but the adults, as they got older, just kind of really respected them as adult actors still at the same time. I'm trying to think. I told you I took notes. <laughs> um, I'm, like, reading it. And the first time, like, Jason, um, that plays Malfoy, his dad, he had, like, a cane that had, like, sharp fangs on the end because it's, like, a snake. And And I guess Jason's known for, like, being able to snap back into character. Like, he could be having a whole conversation and then they say action and he's just, like, back in it. And him and Tom were doing something and they said action and he, like, hits Draco in the head with the cane and he didn't realize that it was, like, sharp. And so, like, they get through the whole scene and Tom's, like, trying not to cry. Child because abuse. Because he's got walloped by Jason Isaac. I think it's Isaac. Uh-oh. And then, like, as soon as they yelled cut, Jason's like, oh, my God, are you okay? He like, he's like, I didn't know it was that sharp. Or, like, it would be. you could see, like, his little eyes watering in the tank. And then he talked about, um, which is funny that he thinks that we haven't seen this clip, but there's, like, a redemption arc clip for Draco, where he actually throws Harry his wand in the final battle for Hogwarts. And he mentions it in the book. He's like, yeah, there's actually a clip of like Draco running and throwing Harry his wand to defeat Voldemort. But, you know, that's on the cutting room floor. No one's ever seen it. And I was like, oh, you were wrong, sir. (laughs) Like The entire Internet has seen that clip. So that was just kind of fun to get the behind the scenes like Harry Potter stuff. But then what gutted me at the end was the struggle he had when he moved to L.A. He should have just kept his little ass in London and probably would have been better off. But he came to L.A. and turned into L.A. because everybody was like, oh, my God, it's Tom Felton. It's Draco Malfoy, like treating him like Hollywood. And I did not know that Sir Tom Felton himself uh, had a whole stint in rehab that no one knew about until this book came out. And it talks about his how and it wasn't it talks about like why he was drinking and like it really wasn't so much. Like, I mean, yes, it was a problem, but it was more because it made him feel normal. Like he could go to the little hole in the wall pub and like no one cared who he was and he got to be normal. So it was interesting to kind of hear his story and his journey. And I think back to the couple of years, there were pictures where he'd pop up and I'd be like, man, bro's looking rough. And I was like, that's probably that time frame where he was, you know, in and out of these rehabs and doing different things at the same time. And. I was like, oh, I just want to hug Tom Felton because he's my favorite. So this book brought me great joy. And of course he talks about him and Emma and it's adorable and I still want them together. I don't care what they say. <laughs> Those two should be together because they're cute and adorable together. And <laughs> it makes me
1: Megan matchmaker. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, the whole Harry Potter fandom, there's a whole fan fictions for, Jermione, for, Harry, for we know. And Hermione for hair.
1: Yes, we know you told us.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the book was great. It's a lot of fun. You get little quirky things. Then you get the real like struggle of, of his life post Harry Potter. And you get to hear about some of the other movies he did. And it just kind of walks you through it all. And I loved every minute of it. Uh, I about was in tears the last like three chapters because I was like, Oh my God, like how did all this happen? And no one knew, like how did he keep himself out of the press (laughs) when he was in rehab? And that was crazy to me. Um, but I highly recommend it. And if you get the audiobook, he narrates it. So if you enjoy listening to Tom Felton talk as much as I do, you will probably love it. I read the physical copy, but I could still hear his voice in my head reading it to me. So it was great. And that is Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard by Tom Felton.
3: He's not really knighted, is he? No. <laughs> okay. She just you thinks, said
1: Sir Tom I Felton. Sir I was Tom like, Thompson. did he get knighted? No, like, I don't think so. That. I thought Megan no. just gave him a Megan knighted. I
0: just knighted him myself okay. because he and that it, the best is like because everyone's like get over Harry Potter, blah, 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 like as an adult, and they're like I will get over Harry Potter when Tom Felton gets over Harry Potter. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> like...
3: <laughs> um, Keith. Okay, so the book that I read this week is called You Had Your Chance. Lee burroughs by Piper Rain.
2: I love you that know, title.
3: <laughs> I love those kind of titles. This is actually the first book in a series, but each book can be read as a standalone. And this is about a fictional football team called the San Francisco Kingsmen, um, and they're a pro team. And this book is about Shayna, She's our lead character. And Shayna has been training to be a sports therapist and she went to school for it and this is her dream job and she gets offered a spot with the San Francisco Kingsmen. The problem with that is that our other main character, Lee Burrows, used to go to college with her um, back in the Midwest. And she was a football groupie. He was, you know, football god on the college team. And um, she tutored him for a while. And from there, they started dating. And it all kind of fell apart. And she hates his guts. So she kind of has to, she has to weigh how badly she wants her dream job when she knows that Lee Burrows is on this team and the quarterback and like the captain of the team. So she goes and she pretends she doesn't know him, that she's never, <laughs> that she's never <laughs> seen him before. And I don't know, men, what, what's the first thing that happens when you pretend you've forgotten a guy? I, automatically, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know. Hurts me.
0: their ego a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
3: And it terribly hurts his ego. And he has tried to apologize for the terrible, terrible thing he did in college forever and she has not listened to a word so of course as she's a sports therapist so i mean she's got to you know work on hamstrings and do the physical therapy and everything else so he's very cra- he very craftily keeps making sure that somehow she ends up working on him instead of one of his teammates.
0: You know, accidentally pulls up a groin muscle a few times.
3: Oh yeah. And you know, like, oh, somebody else is next. And then he's like, oh no, me. Sorry. I was next. The romance, of course, was great. I really liked, I love sports romances first. I love anything that has to do with a sports team because I really like seeing the camaraderie between the guys Um, The the behind-the-scenes stuff and the way teams work, I think that's a really interesting element of that kind of world that I, I don't get to see. I really liked this book because you really get to know every guy on the team and you can tell that going forward, you get to like each person on the team. So next book could be about any one of those guys and I would be happy to read about him and him finding somebody who because every one of these guys is single every one of these guys is like oh yeah we've got these we can have our pick of any woman because I mean you know sports guys they've got their groupies out and out waiting for them and so it's it's always nice when you see this this big guy who could have any woman and then all of a sudden he falls apart because he's found the one I just think that's funny. I, I enjoy reading that. So yeah, there's really great banter because she does not take his shit. So, I mean, the two of them going back and forth and him and his bizarre ploys to try and get in her good graces, it's a lot of fun. And the nice thing is, you know that there's going to be more. So if you have a favorite player that you were like, oh, I wanted to hear more about him, you know that something's coming. And each one of the titles, I've seen they uh This is, uh, Piper Rain is actually two women authors. And I've actually seen, this is the first book that's come out, but I've seen some of the titles that are coming out and they're all funny like this one. Like, you can't kiss the nanny. (laughs) You can't, um, person's (coughs) name. I can't remember who it's about. Or you can't date your best friend's sister. There's some spiciness. I mean, there's not a ton. I mean, it's mostly about sports ball. I think that's what Rachel calls it. And one of the huge obstacles in the book is that, um, nobody who works for the team are allowed to fraternize outside of work. So even if they want to get together, it is not allowed. So how's that going to work? Boo. But yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a really fun read. It's not anything that delves into anything too serious. So If you like sports, if you want something to cleanse your palate, if you've read some really heavy fiction, this is like a breath of fresh air. It's just real light and fun. And uh, that, again, was called You Had Your Chance, Lee
1: Burroughs by Piper Rain. Awesome. Pat, where did you go this week? I went
2: into a world I don't normally inhabit, which is Twitter world. (laughs) Really? Uh, That's kind of surprising, Pat. I got this book that I picked up at our most recent library book sale, because it had an interesting cover and an interesting title, Becoming Duchess Goldblatt by Anonymous. I have been looking on the internet saying, does anybody know who this really is? And she's, there's nothing out there that I've seen. She's done a good job of covering her tracks. So what was that again? Can you repeat that? Becoming Duchess Goldblatt (gasps) by Anonymous. That's neat. Now I see why you
1: picked it up. Okay. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And yeah, the cover is, it's it's actually like an old painting, an old like a Renaissance painting, which is the image that this woman picks for Duchess Goldblatt. You start out by finding out that this, well, it's a memoir. And this woman had a horrible spell in her life. Her husband dumped her. Her friends dumped her. She got fired from her job. She like lost everything all at once. In fact, I love, I love, love, love the way she describes this, like the first paragraph of the book. And she says, you know, when the house burns down, there's no guarantee anybody will stick around to help sweep up. Sure, Lucy and Ricky could end up divorced, but Lucy would always have Ethel Mertz. In my moment of sudden destruction, I learned the hard way that reinforcements would not be coming. When I lost everything, my Ricky, my Fred and Ethel, the nightclub and the band, even the gig on the Chocolate Factory assembly line, I found out that Shelter was gone.
0: Oh, <laughs> man.
2: She is... Uh,
0: you can just the... really visualize it too. I love that.
2: Yeah. So she goes through this horrible stretch and she is, not surprisingly, really depressed. She has a child, a young child... She's now a single mother. She's lost her job. And she never specifically says, but based on some of the things that she reports people saying to her, I wonder again if this person is not maybe somewhere on the autism spectrum. Her, either that or she has the worst friends in the world because her friends and her coworkers ask her questions like, and seriously ask her questions like, are you an idiot savant? Who says that to a person? <laughs> and they say, You're really great as a writer and editor, but the rest of your life is, is you know, yeah. <laughs> are you?
0: <laughs> she needs new <a> friends. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that, that thought occurred to me several times <laughs> during this book. But as a coping mechanism, at some point, she creates a fictional character whom she names Duchess Goldblatt. And she sets up a Twitter account for her. Duchess Goldblatt is not a titled duchess. Duchess is just her first name. Oh. Um, But people react to her as though she, in fact, most of her Twitter followers call her Your Grace. So.
1: This
0: makes (laughs) me want to make a new Twitter
2: account. (laughs) (laughs) Duchess Goldblatt is an 81-year-old author who lives, she starts out, she's from the town of Klein, Texas. And she picked Klein, Texas, because that's where Lyle Lovett is from. And the other thing we know about this woman who wrote the book is she's a really big Lyle Lovett fan. So she gives Duchess his hometown as her hometown. But then she plants her in the fictional town of Crooked Path, New York. And Duchess writes these whimsical tweets. (laughs) And people started following her. And Lyle Lovett started following her, (laughs) and she ended up becoming friends with Lyle Lovett. He invites her to her concerts, and he hangs out with her before and after, and writes to her. And she builds a whole new life based on being Duchess Goldblatt. Wow! One of the things that I really like the Duchess is supposed to be an author, and so she in her description of her, she says, "Well, she's written. uh, She's a best-selling author who has written." Three books, Feasting on the Carcasses of My Enemies. Um,
0: That sounds like a Taylor Swift song.
2: Let's see. There uh, are three titles. Are One is An Axe to Grind, Feasting on the Carcasses of My Enemies, A Love Story, and The Heartwarming Meditation on Mothers and Daughters, Not If I Kill You First. (laughs) And people, in fact, I've gone to Twitter. I have a Twitter account, which I've never used. I just started one one day and then never went back to it. But I went in and I looked, and like on Thanksgiving, the D- Duchess Goldblatt posts Secular Pie Day instead of Thanksgiving. And everybody posts pictures of their pies. And nice. they ha- it's th- her followers have become a Twitter community unto themselves, I think. That's amazing. Uh, and she slowly begins to pull her life together. And so it's a memoir about how she pulled herself together after this devastating period of loss and how she did it through creating this fictional presence on Twitter. Hmm. It's, and she is a wonderful writer. She, she is. I mean, the Duchess, the, the tweets that Duchess puts out there are just sort of, let's... Uh, here, just opening to a sample, random one. I will die as I lived, laughing at my own jokes, and if I had to guess, choking on a swizzle stick. <laughs> but she became friends with a number of a number of authors, began following her, and and retweeting Duchess's <laughs> posts, and uh, to the point that she gave away an annual Duchess Goldblatt Literary Prize. Oh my God! <laughs> so we have no idea who this is. We have no idea. At least I have. And I didn't yell, I didn't go all the way down the rabbit hole, but I did a quick search and Hmm. didn't see any sign of anyone knowing. And this, the book has not been out long. I think it just came out last year. So there hasn't been Hmm. time for a ton of people to go around and expose her, or maybe she just has found better friends and they're not into exposing her because I think her old friends would not have been able to be counted on. She was surrounded by hmm. horrible people. Uh family, friends, everybody. Except her father, whom she adored. So you get you get you know who that sounds like of her though life when you in little bits and pieces and the story of how she created this fictional character and how the world reacted very because the Duchess I keep saying the Duchess, and it's not. It's just Duchess, but it's such an easy thing to fall into. Mm -hmm. The only other person I can ever can think of named Duchess is that lead character from We Begin at the End, Mm -hmm. the teenage girl Duchess. Like I said, for someone like me who is not a Twitter participant and has never really read much in the way of anybody's tweets, it was interesting to see that this community grew up Mm -hmm. around her. And and a community focused on positive things, on sharing light and love and encouragement and not just being snarky. Hmm. So it was a very positive book and a very interesting book, uh, quite unexpected. So that she was... I'm
0: oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I'm just going to run the, the title. Yeah, that. Uh, Becoming Duchess Goldblatt by Anonymous. She has
0: 567 thousand followers on twitter Cry. is that a lot
2: because i mean don't people have millions on i was gonna twitter? say that too is that a lot
0: i don't know for someone who's no one yeah yes hmm. yeah i don't understand follow- twitter at all the three book girls account is also now following this person <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course we are we have to we just have the book on our show so of course we have to
3: I think like that's kind of be- awesome. She took a really terrible situation and she probably was just like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to anonymously put all this crap on Twitter and now it's like turned into something
1: amazing. That's
3: neat.
2: She's Lyle Lovett's buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lyle Lovett is pretty awesome. Just going to say. I'm shipping
3: them now, Megan. Yeah. I'm sad that he's married.
0: <laughs> well, like her, so her pinned a tweet... Is from 2021. And it says, and now if there's nothing else, I'd like to get back on my bullshit. It's <laughs> 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 my new one favorite of, account.
2: One of the other things that she's part of the persona that she created for Duchess includes the fact that Duchess has a daughter named Hacienda, and Hacienda is in a Mexican prison for life. <laughs> that doesn't specify wow. what exactly were her crimes but she is stuck in this Mexican prison although she apparently gets loose occasionally because they co-host events or um, mm. but uh, when she put this book out one of her tweets that advertised or promoted the book was like Christmas is coming and Hacienda needs new shoes <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I just read that I just
2: read that one <laughs>
1: uh. So I guess we're down a Duchess-shaped Twitter hole now. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, I'm going to take us to the place I love the most, and that's outer space. Of course. And the book I will be reviewing today is called Intergalactic Exterminators, Inc. by Ash Bishop. When I first started listening to I think I just sort of went to the available now section in the library, was looking for science fiction and found this just randomly, and I love it when that happens. I also was pleasantly surprised to find out that part of it was set in Wyoming, even though the audiobook drove me crazy because the name that they used was Evans Town instead of Evanston. And every time they said it, I'm like, Evanston, damn it. So I don't know yeah, if they no, chased it. A, that's, yeah, it drove Evan- me crazy. So anyways, about, about this, guy, this young kid, he had been working on the rigs in Louisiana and his grandfather died. And so he was on his way home. No, wait, he had gone home to help his grandmother after his grandfather passed away. And he was driving one day and he hit a deer. And the deer, you know, fell and then got up and ran away. And he was going into the forest to put it out of its misery or whatever. So he shoots the deer in the forest at night between the eyes, but then wakes up. Next to the deer, which has been torn in half. Mm-hmm. And these people are coming up to him, you know, saying they're talking amongst themselves. And evidently, he gets the idea that they're tracking something. And based on the condition of the deer, he guesses it's something quite large. So um, then they're they're talking about the bait or whatever. And the, the one girl has this vest on that's supposed to attract the monster. Well, the monster turns out to be this massive saber-tooth-like cat. Only it's just huge, and it comes bounding through the forest. At first, goes to her, and then turns around and goes to Russ, who's our character. And Russ shoots it, and. Then they're like, well, why was he attracted to you? And then they realize he has this rock in his pocket, which turns out to be intergalactic catnip of some kind. And he had found this rock in the back room of his grandfather's bookstore, which is, you know, his, his grandfather has been, ill for quite some time. And so the bookstore is in very poor repair. But the back room has always been full of just weird shit that he sells on the internet. And so that's where he found the rock is like in the back of his grandfather's bookstore called Mysterious Universe is the name of the bookstore. Before he leaves the forest, they give him these pain pills and they put this thing on his ankle, like an ankle bracelet thingy. And then he, he goes home and they basically tell him, I can't remember in exactly in what order all of this happens, but I know that um, they basically hand him this contract and he, they say, okay, well, you know, you got to sign this contract or your mind gets wiped kind of situation. Since he's seen these people, he knows they're not from this earth. He knows there's something going on. He has to either join the team or get his mind wiped. So things ensue. He decides that he is going to break this thing off of his ankle. And he has this girl that he's been sorta hanging out with who is home caring for her dad, but she's um she's got a master's or working on her master's in electrical engineering. So she breaks the thing off his ankle and he it leaks some goo onto him. But she's fascinated by this device and she wants to find out more about it, obviously. In the meantime, as soon as she breaks the thing off of him, this robot thing shows up at his front door and she knows that it's not anything normal because it's got weird skin and she says and it says are you russell such and such and she goes me i'm a woman and he goes oh so you can kind of tell that there's something going on there and then she finds out obviously he has to tell her the whole story she wants to go to space she wants to take the contract and go well of course, they don't want her, they want him. Long story short, they both start training for this job in international or intergalactic extermination, which basically means they go around getting rid of creatures who are in places that they aren't supposed to be. Earth is considered like a, a very dangerous place because humans are assholes, basically. We any kind of that. But it turns into kind of really a fun adventure story from there because we learn that intergalactic exterminators inc is kind of a little guy and this is where the story sort of turns into it reminded me of dodgeball where you've got the big bad you know rich jim over here and then you have the little guy over here and Mm -hmm. the big guy wants to take over the little guy and so and so and so so you've got that dynamic going on over there And basically, it's just a really unique and fun story. I gave it five stars because it just made my heart so happy. And I had such a great time reading it. It was just perfect for that moment in time for me. And I thought it just had all of the things. It had had a great premise. It had a great storyline. And it had a great ending. So that was... Intergalactic Exterminators Inc. by Ash Bishop.
0: That's interesting.
1: It was sounds fun. like fun. Predator. <laughs> it was super fun. It it was it was fun and funny, but yet serious, and so you got a lot of interest because there's an AI at one point. One of these, what did they call them? They called them um, a simulacra, is what they called the the robot dudes they look like they look like 50 year old men in ill-fitting suits with pasty skin basically oh my (laughs) oh and you find out that there's a portal to space in the back room of the bookstore because of course there is of
0: course there has to be
1: (laughs) so yeah i know it 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 wasn't exactly you know what would you call that believable on any level but God, was it fun. And I was really super surprised the dude wasn't from Wyoming at all. He's from Indiana and California. Why he chose Evanston, Wyoming?
2: Probably picked the most obscure place he could think of.
1: Well, you know? I mean, if you're going to pick some place for a massive saber-toothed cat to go roaming amongst the forest and for no one to see it, that's the place. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. There's nobody yeah. up
1: there. <laughs> it's very, very empty, so... I'm sure he drove through there one time and went, well, this is a great place to set a science fiction
2: novel. Right. But yeah. Devonston isn't in the forest, is it? It's out, no, it's,
1: it's kind of down not. down by rock but, springs. But, it's like but there is,
0: prairie.
2: But there's forest,
1: you know, right near it where mm. the mountains are between For- Salt Lake. Forest and,
0: adjacent.
1: Yeah, it's forest adjacent. <laughs> and he was driving through an area mm. when he hit the deer. So you're, you're assuming it's not right in town. So that's ah. why I kind of gave him a pass because I was thinking, if you're coming from Salt Lake, you might have a little bit of that. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just ugly as shit there.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I was I was drunk in Evanston one night and we climbed up on a big cliff overlooking the highway and I don't remember there being trees like anywhere within sight from up there.
1: Yeah, I think that might have been a little, maybe that's why he called it Evans Town instead maybe of Evanstown so. because I did listen to the audio book and not read the actual book so I didn't get any spelling or anything but if, yeah, so maybe he created a town in Wyoming to use because mm-hmm. lodgepole pines don't really grow there. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, nothing much grows, so. no, nothing much grows there. But I gave him a pass because I figured, you know, he's not from there. And he didn't he didn't he wasn't very specific about any of the details. So I was like, OK, this is fiction. This is science fiction. We can go with whatever. Yeah, but it was fun. Um, and as you know, I absolutely love fun science fiction. And it's really hard to do it right. It's usually horribly written. But in this case, it was not. It was it was quality. It's not quite as good as Dungeon Crawler Carl, but <laughs> I'm putting it in the same. I'm putting it in the same category anyway. So if you like Dungeon Crawler Carl, <laughs> you might enjoy this
0: too. There you go. Um, <sighs> am I the only one that like really plots out their first read of the year? Yes. Like today, but. No, no one else does that. No one's like no. I need there were
3: to- there are a lot of people on Facebook and Book Talk. I, I mean, I don't, but there were lots of people who were like, "You have to pick the, you have to pick the perfect book to like yeah. set off your year." And I was like, "Oh, too bad! I read the smuttiest book ever." <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh,
1: I I read I, I read d- constantly, so you can't really stop and say this is the beginning of the year, and so therefore I'm going to pick. Right. No,
0: no, I definitely pick. Like, when the last week of December, I'm like, okay, I got to make up. Like, I got to look at my shelf.
1: But you're not going to know if it's good or not.
0: No, but it doesn't have to be good, but it has to be a book that you feel like is going to be a good kickoff for the year. Like, last year, I kicked off with If This Gets Out, and that was a great choice. And then this year, I started with Tom Felton, also a fabulous choice. Like, you pick what you're, like, into, like, what you feel like is going to be a great way to start your reading (laughs) year. I ended up because
2: uh, I went down the rabbit hole of listening to those Kate Burkholder audiobooks. And I did, I was looking for something, started out like what's new in the library's audiobook availability and got one and then went, well, one, two, three, four, five. It takes a day or day and a half to listen to one while you're. <laughs> you doing might, as housework. Well, you might as well go through yeah. all of them. Well, there's there's like 15 or 20 of them. Yeah. And I yeah. I doubt that I'll do them all because they are, they're pretty well done, but they're, they're predictable, and I've been able to, to mostly call who's who's the bad yeah. guy. You know, I keep
3: meaning to go back to them. I got, like, through six, and then they just kept coming And out. this is the
1: Amish murder <laughs> mysteries, right? Yeah, okay. I like uh-huh. that. Yeah. They're predictable, but they're fun.
0: Uh, think not of the books you bought as a to-be-read pile. Instead, think of your bookcases as a wine cellar. You oh. collect books to read at the right time, the right place, and the right mood. Luke Van Dunker's Goad.
1: Goodwill Librarian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that idea because yeah. doing a book review show is always a little bit weird anyway because books are so... For one person to review it and say, this is the best book ever, I mean, it can never be the same for e- every person that reads the book. Even if good... Do I always have an issue with that. I don't
3: like saying this is the... I always try and say this was my favorite or I enjoy like Uh because I hate when those lists come out. I hate when people are like, oh, yeah, here are the
1: 100 books you have to read. And I'm like, seriously, um, exactly. It's like this book was good for me at this moment in my life. Yeah, it really spoke to me at this moment. This is what I needed at this moment. So for me, the idea that it's like walking into a wine cellar and going, I'm in the mood for a red tonight. I just thought that was cool.
2: Agreed. Very much so and I've got a pretty good wine cellar upstairs in my library. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I, got- I just got so I got so used to having just kind of choices like okay here's 10 prompts like pick a book that goes to one of these so and then now I didn't have one. <laughs>
1: Speaking of prompts we said we were going to do a theme this yeah. Once a month. So what's our theme going to be this Yeah, because I
2: need to find uh. a book to go with it and read it real quick.
1: <laughs> we are going to be doing, at some point this month, a theme. We just don't know what it's going to be yet. We,
0: hmm. we have not gotten that far. No. <clears throat> we have not. I feel not. like January is like new beginnings or...
1: January is a time of making resolutions and then promptly breaking them within one week.
0: True. <laughs> <laughs> For me. Broken, broken goals. Every broken freaking goals. year.
1: But I am still marching to Mordor, even if it takes me two years. <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> I mean, it probably took the hobbits that long. They have little legs.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, I don't know how long it would have taken them specifically. I think that was on that Google, too. Because I I'm Googled to Google. it to find yeah. out how far it was. And then how long it took them Probably was on there, too, because, you know, they spent a certain amount of time in La Florian or in Rivendell. And then they spent a certain amount of time in La Florian. And then then they split into two pairs and went. So then you'd have to track it separately. It
0: took them six months. I call bullshit.
1: I don't know. How long would it
2: take to walk that long? If you're walking all day, every day.
0: That's true. I mean, I mean. Five miles a day for a year gets you there. So yeah. they would have had to have been walking 10 miles a day.
1: Well, if you walked all always. day, you'd walk further than five miles.
0: Yeah. Right? True, true. Yeah, you, could, you could
2: do 10 miles a day, and that would get you there in six months. See? That's true. Yeah.
1: So when you look at it from that point of view, it's really not too bad.
0: Now, But the, can hobbits walk 10 miles a day?
1: Well, part of, the, part of the time they were carried, to be fair. Yeah. That's true. And part of the time they were d- using boats and horses. So.
0: Or we could do a book about a journey. We could do a theme on a journey.
1: A journey, huh?
0: Since people are making journeys to. <laughs>
2: Alliterates nicely with January. January, January oh, journeys. January hey!
0: journeys! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Go cat. I love it. <laughs> Solved. Solved. Surely,
1: <laughs> surely that can, we can finagle that into a very, uh, what would you call that ambiguous book choice? (laughs) It could be a personal journey. It could be a journey of the mind. It could be a physical journey. It could be a mental journey. So we'll have to see poor Vonnie. She's missing out on this today. She had a day off today.
2: Mm. Oh, because she's doing her Christmas
0: today
1: I think she's, She has oh. the day off anyway But she's going to love that we came up
2: with this without her
0: Hey, a lot of her books are on a lot of jobs. All her
2: books are journeys She'll fit into journeys real easily Yeah, yeah. You can
0: Throw a dart at her shelf And hit a book with a journey in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true If anybody's going to have a hard time It's
0: me All of sci-fi is a journey They're always going somewhere
3: Yeah, true. Seriously, every time they go to space
0: True. Right?
1: Evidently, if you go to a used bookstore and I have this issue all the freaking time because sometimes I don't like to buy used books because they smell weird. Mm. But a lot of times that be- is because of mildew and, you know, all sorts Small of pink, smells smell pink or pink whatever. Out. Right, right. Yeah. So, sometimes you'll you'll smell them at the bookstore and they'll be okay, but then they'll still have that weird but It turns out that you really can put your books in the freezer to sanitize them. It kills not only when they're scary. Yeah, it kills off some some of the dying. Some of the the used book residue on them. Calm that shit down a little bit. Stick it in the
2: freezer. Seal them. Seal them in a Ziploc bag before you do it, or the moisture in your freezer will get into the books, and then you get wrinkly pages. Oh, more popsicles could melt
1: on
3: them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My books all have wrinkly pages anyway because I read in the bathtub, I fall asleep, I drop the book.
1: We used to give Nicole a hard time about that because she would do the same thing too and she would bring her book to the podcast it was all Bleh. I'm like, dude, I'm never lending you a book, ever.
0: <laughs> I mean, so, it makes sense to put things in the freezer because freezer kills bacteria, but you also then have to make sure, like Pat said, that you...
1: Well, here's and here's the other thing I wondered about. What else could you put in the freezer to kill off the germs? I wondered if you could put like really stinky shoes in Probably. the freezer. Do you think that would work? Probably. Sure. If uh, you didn't I... want to
2: eat any of the stuff that was in the freezer. That's true.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you'd obviously have to put, it in, a, in put it in a, put it in a tightly sealed biohazard bag first. My
3: <sighs> kids and I like to watch these TikToks of all the weird Awesome crap that the Japanese have that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Amazon has finally gotten these things in, and it's like a stick, and it's got these two things, and you put your shoes on them, and they sanitize your shoes while they sit on it.
1: Whoa. It's like the coolest
3: looking thing. Because so it's apparently, like the blue, is
1: it the blue light stuff? The blue? Yeah, it's oh, something like
3: that.
0: Sanitizer, like but yeah. Hey, that's it's like cool. a you plug
3: it in, and it. I don't know. <laughs> <It> Whoa. Wall- <laughs>
0: If you have, yeah, we have to send some of those to Martha as we see them because the, the like, and it's always like a toddler. It's like when a five year old comes home from school in Japan and it's like the craziest shit I've ever seen in a house. I'm
3: always seeing like flight attendants when the flight attendant comes home from a long trip and like she opens the door and she puts her little pumps on the weird little sanitizing thing and then she like starts up her, I don't know, her dinner thing and she puts, vegetables in the sink with that weird thing <laughs> that washes the vegetables for you and uh so weird
0: yeah so go, weird I,
3: all the I, stuff they have i
1: often feel like japan is like the future you know it is they're Dude, gonna, you, you these can, videos will make you feel like you are not living your best life you can bet that they're going to be able to get the flying car thing going before we will
3: oh serious
1: yeah, yeah. we're gonna see it's- george jetson happen in japan first I I wonder how many steps it is to the mailbox. Maybe I can make that work today. (laughs) Martha would
2: be going. Martha's just walked back and forth to her mailbox like fifty times. <laughs> the is- neighbors are gonna call my neighbors. Are like, what's happening?
0: I think Martha's she has old neighborhood to walk in. Martha's got a nice flat, big neighborhood to walk in. She's just being lazy.
1: You're right. I am being really super
0: lazy. It's you Joanne, live in Oklahoma. There. The whole thing is flat. Not true. My driveway is very steep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm on top of the hill. I'm I'm more interested in marching in place than I am going outside. But if the neighbors watch me walk, they're gonna think it's weird because I'm gonna take tiny little steps so I can get more steps in.
0: It doesn't change the distance. There goes Martha mincing step. her way down the
1: road. <laughs> It'll look like Adele did on stage the other day when she was walking like. Beep, beep,
0: beep, 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 oh, beep, beep. Her the, because her dress was because she
1: no because she has sciatica.
0: Oh.
1: Does Martha have sciatica? No, she's just trying to get more steps in.
0: <laughs> but more steps doesn't change the distance. The distance is still the same.
1: Yeah, but I'm counting steps.
0: But it's not steps to Mordor. It's miles to Mordor.
1: Well, you could always
3: decide that your step is, is you know, um my actual, really, really long. My
1: actual stride is very long. So if I take regular steps, then...
2: So yeah. it's, does your fitness does your fitness tracker base it on the number of steps you take or does it is it like a GPS thing and it knows how far you've walked? That would suck. <laughs> that kind of would suck because then it wouldn't count you any You took a of lot my- of
3: steps but you didn't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would take away Screw my you. marching. I would be marching in place for nothing. That would be a really <laughs> shitty thing to find out at the last minute. <laughs> the fit- it's like well, you had a lot of steps, but you didn't go anywhere.
0: <laughs> yep. Mine's like a, my, the apple one does like actual distance. Well, I don't it have an apple
1: step. one. God damn it. I'm going to go march in my living room.
0: It'll count Mordor. steps either way. It'll count <laughs> steps either way. It's just, <laughs> then you got to do the math sometimes. Does anybody have a
1: recipe for Lembos? I kind of need that.
0: I'm sure we can find one. Okay.
1: I got to go wrap it in my Lorian leaves now. So we'll we'll get back together later, all right? And that's going to do it for... Three Book Girls.
0: Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group...